0: Section 42 of The Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Michael, Sussex, Wisconsin, USA. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Rev. M.P. Hill, Section 42. Free Thought. A free-thinking reverie. A free thinker is the only one who knows what freedom means. He has burst the fetters of religious servitude, the most galling of all fetters, especially such as the Roman church binds upon her subjects. The Truth There is a sort of superstition attaching to the use of the expression free thought. Is freedom the one thing necessary in thought? The great object of the mind's craving is truth. The possession of truth is the end and aim of all its activity. Freedom is but a condition for the exercise of its activity in the pursuit of truth. An aimless exercise of this activity is mental recklessness. On the other hand, the possession of truth, whether it be the result of free thinking or not is the mind's one and only source of contentment. There is a healthy freedom of thought, but it can never be identified with that freedom which deliberately sets to work to change the conditions which nature and truth have set for the acquisition of knowledge. Truth is not a thing that starts into existence at our bidding. It is not dependent on us. Rather, we are dependent on it, our declarations of independence do not extend to the realms of truth there we are subjects not sovereigns this is the first lesson impressed upon us without our knowing it when reason begins to dawn the youth must learn and not kick at the goads by way of asserting his freedom of thought imagine a schoolboy refusing to submit his mind to the truths of a multiplication table and yet A similar independence in mature minds is sometimes considered wisdom. The truths of the multiplication table, though simply worded, are absolute and eternal truths. But may there not be other truths equally absolute and eternal? Truths bearing on our origin, our destiny, our relations to the supreme being? And may there not be a means of getting to those truths? Is there not a presumption in their favor, nay, more than a presumption, when so many of the world's greatest minds have admitted them? It is notorious that nearly all freethinkers begin their thinking with the assumption that all these truths are myths, or that if they are more than myths, there is no way of reaching them. Thus, they actually restrict their freedom and throw away a clue to the discovery of truth. They may be likened to a man who makes a long and fruitless search for an object he has mislaid, and all because he has too lightly assumed that there is no use in searching for it in a certain place, the very place where it happens to be. And yet, the truths thus lightly set aside are of tremendous importance, bearing as they do upon eternity. True freedom of thought begets an open-mindedness that excludes from its consideration no possible source of truth. It furthermore makes an effort, as a leading apologist remarks, to remove from the mind all influences that do not make for genuine knowledge, either because they are not fact, or have no basis in fact, or because they are mere imaginings, or habitual but erroneous impressions, or false or superficial interpretations of the perceptions of sense, or of other sources of information. If by freedom of thought is meant a freedom from assumptions and preconceived ideas, it is one of the conditions for arriving at the truth. The precise opposite of this healthy freedom of thought is the besetting sin of most of the anti-Christian scientists of the day. Materialism, especially that of the hegelian stamp, deliberately shuts out one possible source of truth by assuming that nothing exists but what can be perceived by the senses, that all things are either matter or energy, and that energy is only a quality of matter. What possible grounds can be alleged for such an assumption? Neither observation nor experiment can furnish any foundation for it. Must we conclude that the wish is father to the thought? No one can read the works of the free-thinking heckle and not notice, on the one hand, what a tissue of reckless assumptions they are, and on the other, with what relentless hatred the author assails, the notion of a soul, a God, a hereafter, without perceiving that he is a hater of religion first and a scientist after. End of section 42